I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong. We're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. One last time for the 99-2000. I had to do it. I had, I had to do that. You caught it? Okay, you got it good. But 2021 is done, son. <laughs> it's done, like, just like that. And as I said in episode 198, it has been a hell of a year. Like, this has been one for the books. And I'm just so grateful. So grateful, so grateful, just so grateful. That's really all I can say. And... I have a a five by four calendar, so it's five feet by four feet. That's on my wall that shows me every month of the year. It's really great for me. It's somebody who's visual and planning. And I was looking at it and thinking to myself the other day, like, dang, this is crazy. Just all the things that have happened, what I planned for, what did happen, what didn't happen things that happened that I didn't expect to happen, but it was really a full year. But even having that visual of of things really helped me to take in what this year has been. And I've been charged several times by my entrepreneurial besties, you know, to just really take it all in as as several of us have been reflecting. And, you know, I'm going to be one to reflect and just really thinking about just this year in all of, of its good and it's challenges because there's been this incredible fullness from what this year has brought. And there's an excitement and enthusiasm for what the next year can and will and may, you know, bring. So each year I typically do the last show of the year highlighting the top 20 shows from the particular year. However, in the spirit of continuing to do innovative things, I decided to mix it up this year. Of course I did. So I was actually talking to one of my sisters, shout out to LL, she know who she is, uh, about milestones earlier. And one of the things she encouraged me to do was share. Kind of made me uncomfortable at first because it was a thought of spending an entire show talking about how I have won. It was like, who does that? But then I realized there are a lot of people who do shows that they touch talk about highlights and, and what the year has been. It's a, it's a place to, you know, reflect and to just share and they do it. So what I've come to terms with at this point in my life is that bragging will always be bragging to whoever thinks you're bragging. <laughs> you can win or you can lose, but there's always going to be somebody who's going to have something to say about it. So say what you think you need to say. Do what you think you need to do. Because per the four agreements, which I read this year and really enjoyed, you know, and I'm just aware of the fact that you can't take things personally. You can't. You just really can't because it's always going to be something. And so one thing I am definitely walking into 2022 with is knowing 
especially as an entrepreneur, that hiding success can actually hinder your business. And I've been telling you, I'm out here trying to like grow this business and make this impact. So why would I want to get it in my own way? And thinking about that actually made me think about business in itself. And I imagine for as long as business has been business, people have looked for evidence for why they should align themselves with that particular company for any company. So then by not sharing your achievements, at least this is what I'm thinking, right? You're not providing proof or reassurance that people can trust themselves when it comes to investing in your company. This is the reason why reviews are such a big deal, right? People want to know that they can fool with you, (laughs) that you are worth spending a hard earned money on or you are worth the budget that, you know, their organization has to invest in said thing. And so it's just really important to think about being able to share and not only relying on others to share for you, although others sharing for you is definitely significant. Don't say that. And while I do share things, there have been a lot of things that I just really haven't talked about publicly or I haven't said more about, you know, hey, I got this going on over here. But again, thanks to my entrepreneur besties and my coaches. I've definitely been nudged to put those things out there a little bit more. For example, I've never really talked about the fact that it's definitely been more than two and a half years that in some kind of way, shape, form or fashion that I've actually had business development initiatives. I actually launched my first online course back in 2019. It has gone through its transitions as has the school, but it's been there. (laughs) It's definitely been there. I've helped at least six people to launch a podcast. I've worked with several more people to help them to relaunch their shows or, you know, go back and restructure how they've had their podcast set up and thinking about their marketing and, and so many things. I've helped several people who have had business ideas to get started with their side hustles. And Again, hindsight, just didn't talk about it more, didn't think about it more. So it makes sense why when people may have wanted to pick my brain and I hit them with the, hey, you know, this is actually something that I offer. It's been one of those, huh? You do what? And that's made it kind of strange, kind of funny. But it's like, what if I talked about it more? Well, okay, it ain't really funny, (laughs) but it kind of is funny because it's like, well, I have it, but I don't talk about it. And, you know, if I'm being totally transparent right now, think a part of what helped me back was actually feeling like an imposter. Like, although I was clearly helping people, people were coming to me even off referrals. They still come to me off referrals. I know that I was trapped, you know, by my own thoughts of myself and what I was doing. And the other thing is I didn't really have the initiatives for business development as a priority. And so it was kind of like I didn't put more into it and I really should have. But even speaking about the imposter piece, another part of me feeling a bit stuck was feeling like I needed to have more success, especially financial success, to think that I had something worth sharing and worth people listening to and that they would actually invest in that thing. And (laughs) being even more candid, you know, society often tells us or makes us believe that we have to be six and seven figure earners to be credible in what we're doing. But what I embrace now is that you always know something more about something than somebody else does. So it's important to remember that, especially as you're thinking about what you 
are going to do in your business, especially if you're going into like consulting or speaking, like you always know something that somebody else doesn't know. And that's that's a value add. And even more than that, what really matters is the track record that you have in whatever that thing is that you're doing to help other people with. So if you have the evidence to prove, you know, the testimonies, the, the success in your own right, whatever that looks like, and it aligns with whomever you again are trying to help, that's important. So don't count yourself out because, you know, even thinking about people who are looking to start businesses and who are side hustlers, they may not get to six figures for years and not everybody's intention is to have and be six figures. So that's even the more honest truth than it's knowing what people want, which <laughs> having a sense of what people want is what really matters in helping them get the most out of whatever it is that you're offering. So if it solves their problem, then it solves their problem because going to a concert solves the problem of being bored and needed to be entertained. You're likely not going to make any money back off of that. Not directly. It's not business, but it adds value to your life and it makes you feel good. So you go and do what you do. So with that in mind, as long as I can help it, I plan to work on silencing all of the noise that I have, you know, in my head and have allowed to just, you know, hush. And I'm going to stop counting myself out because I know I have the capacity to show up in spaces and I'm going to act like it. And I'm going to say it here too, so that you can hold me accountable. <laughs> so back to why we are here at all today. Like I said, I'm not doing the top 20 this year. I am instead going to do 27 moments of reflection. <laughs> Did you get that? Okay, so for real, I didn't even think about it until I was like, oh, I'm going to do nine, nine, and nine. So it is 27. So yes, of course, after that realization, I was like, we're just going to do 27 moments of reflection. What is we reflecting on? So in the spirit of, again, doing something different, I don't want to just highlight things that have have gone right, have gone well this year that are the exciting highlights. What I want to do differently than what I think even other people do, because you know, I, all about blazing drills, but I want to offer you nine things or share with you nine things, nine ways that I could have done things better this year. You know, in addition to the nine highlights that I've identified as major, and we will still do top shows for this year. And we're going to do the top nine shows for the year. So I am going to get into it. You know, what are the nine things that I could have done better this year? That What are the nine ways I could have shown up differently, rather? I definitely could have taken more time to rest. I got so caught up in do, 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 be, 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 go, 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 that I really didn't spend enough time resting. And toward the end of the year, I kept telling people who would ask, you know, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm burnt out. I'm burnt out. I'm tired. I'm burnt out. I'm burnt out. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. And at some point I kept saying, why are you telling people over and over that you're tired? Because I had done and stretched myself more than I have any other year. And it was showing. And while there has been, you know, great success, it's shown up in the fact that at the end of the year, I'm burnt the hell out. So I've had to really take time and say, I need to take more time and be more intentional about being able to get rest because rest is important. If I don't rest, I'm not going to be able to do my best. That's just what it is, right? Of course it is. The second thing is, I did not eat <laughs> as well as I would have wanted to. I ate well, but I didn't eat good. But I ate good, but I did not eat well. <laughs> I'm being funny, aren't I? Okay, I'd be tickling myself, but you get that. But I definitely could have eaten a lot better because when I ate better, I felt better. And I have gained weight back, but I'm also not 
like beating myself up like I have before, thinking about how big I have been in the past. Like I know what it's like to be over 330 pounds. So I have not really been tripping off of the mm, 40 something ish, you know, that I have gained back. And also thinking about the fact that it's been, you know, about two something years now. So that ain't bad. I mean, no, it's not exciting. Is it? Is it good? Like, I'm not cheering for like, oh, yeah, gain the weight. But what I'm saying is I've learned to give myself some grace in some spaces. But we're going to move on now. I, you know, I stayed having way too many things on my plate all the time. And I would take on more than I needed to. But what I've had to learn is the importance of hiring right. Because... When there were things happening with those with whom I was, were, or have collaborated with, especially like in the freelance space, not being able to have that trust that they could do that thing that they were, you know, tasked to do, having to turn around and do it myself became a lot. And so at some point, I was just like, I just rather do it all myself and know that it's going to be right. So that's something that I'm definitely working through and will continue to work through. But it also comes with me, again, making good hiring decisions. And I won't say I've made bad hiring decisions necessarily. Everything has been a learning curve, but I'm getting better at knowing what questions to ask and what things to look for, you know, in in the moments where I'm looking for the help that I need. So, yeah, we're going to we're going to keep that right there because, I mean, it just is what it is. I have made some some a few less than ideal <laughs> investments this year. It has really sucked. And it really sucks to make these investments thinking, oh, this is a good business move. Oh, this is going to be great for it to not turn out. And then to kind of get an oh, well. Oh, well is not well. And so I say to you, even in you know my experiences having learned and eh, probably a couple thousand. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, damn. And you know, you can't always recuperate it. You really can't. But you do the best you can, given the circumstance, the time that you have, wherever you are, and you you let it ride. So while it has sucked again, I learn better and to learn better is to do better. And that just is what it is. I, uh, my number five, I could have done better at keeping up with my milestones and actually tracking my progress as things were happening. Because things were happening, there have been several things that have happened, but again, just being stretched and being tired and all kinds of things, I didn't set up better systems in some ways, you know, again, being straight up with you to be able to say this, this, and this happened for trying to get to the next thing. So while the end of the year reflection is good and it's exciting, I also think that it's incredibly important to sit and reflect in the moments that they're happening. Or I will say that maybe I did, you know, reflect with people in the moments that things were happening. However, I didn't document them or really spend more time saying here, here, and here. But that's something I'm definitely going to be putting more and better practices in place for the years to come just to make sure that I'm not driving myself nuts trying to catch up with myself in the end. So that's what that is. And then thinking about being more balanced, even in terms of like work life balance, while I would argue, you know, with myself and have said in the past that work life balance doesn't exist, I think I would have what I'm getting at is better integration of work in, in personal life. But I really enjoy my work. I really, really enjoy my work. So for me to work like I do 
it's it's never really worked. Like I know it's working and stuff is having to be done, but I really enjoy it. I enjoy the research. I enjoy the connection. I enjoy recording shows and meeting people and launching new projects. I enjoy it and I enjoy it so much. And I'm grateful to be in a space where I can actually enjoy it and not have to feel so bad until like I'm looking up and it's the end of the day and I'm like, damn, all I did was work this year. So definitely going to work on, and I guess I say being more balanced, but work on better integration. So I'm going to go to stay with that. But my notes, I wrote balanced because I mean, that's what I was thinking. Kick me. <laughs> uh, I could have been more honest with myself when things were not working out with projects instead of letting them drag on and end up stressing myself the hell out. Because there were a few instances where I looked at stuff and I'm like, oh, well, it can't be that bad. You know, it's going to change. It's going to be different. And yeah, it didn't change. It wasn't different. And here I was kicking myself. And again, not resting, stressed out, having so much on my plate. You know, it's very, it's a cycle, breaking these cycles out here. But I definitely know at this point that from the minute you come to see, to know, to believe, to feel that something isn't going the way that it needs to go, just let it go like just just let it go because wasted time is the worst you know when time is going you can't can't get it back and something that I'm talking about all the time is how much my time means to me because again when it's gone it's gone so that's just what that is I've certainly had moments and this is my number eight moment I've certainly had moments where I could have been more assertive and I'm still learning how to be okay with not being liked and understanding that me being personable doesn't mean I'm accessible, you know, because that's something to like really work through. And I thinking that being personable means that, yeah, I need to be the one to show up and do everything. But that's when I'm also, again, having to really work with my assistant to say, no, this should be done in this way so that I can focus on some of these other things. And one of those things is just not being accessible not that I don't want to have great relationships because I do and you don't have to be accessible to have great relationships you can have great relationships but it's again setting those boundaries which (laughs) would then be the nine right while I was all about the boundaries this year I could have done a lot better with keeping a number of those boundaries and some places and ways I did you know which again we talked about in session 198 However, there are other ways that I could have done better with boundaries, replying to emails, text messages, phone calls, anything, you know, social media that came in through DMs or thinking about, again, booking stuff or putting it on my calendar, kind of feeling like, well, I should do what I need to do it. No, 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 no. It's cool. It doesn't have to be you. And bringing in the right team is significant so that it doesn't have to be you so that you can focus on the things that are critical in your business. Because sometimes having outreach, I just want to talk to you about blah, blah, blah. And then you get on a call that was supposed to be 15 minutes and it turns to 45 and then you have nothing done and you've gone nowhere with the conversation. It can be frustrating. That's what I'm just going to be straight up about it. But I think the other thing is getting more clarity up front about what people need, but letting my assistant vet that versus thinking, well, I don't know what it is. So let's take a call and figure out what it is. Nah, sis, I'm going to need you to take that call. <laughs> That's where we at. So those are the nine things that I, I would have definitely done better and will probably do better probably not just depends on how i'm feeling but at least it's out there so 
for the nine things that were highlights, the celebrations. Oh, the celebrations, the celebrations, the celebrations. Listen, yes, I was up in that piece this year, okay? So, <laughs> I just, I, 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 the celebrations clearly made me really excited, right? Because I had so much to celebrate this year. And again, I'm grateful for my tribe for highlighting things when they happened and not letting me miss the moments in the moments, although they should have told me to write it down. I love y'all. So nearly increasing my revenue by four times than the year before and celebrating yet another profitable year. Big deal. Because, you know, there are a lot of businesses that are barely making it. And I have barely made it. (laughs) Um, I've been there. And each year has gotten better. Last year was great. This year has been the best. But to still be in a place where there's profit for me, that means there's promise. And that's that's what I'm going to say about that because I'm not going to roll into all this, all the things again. I'm just really excited about that. I needed that boost, especially in year five going into year six. It has been necessary to see, you know, fruits of my labor. But I also say this and something that you may or may not know with the government, if you are not making a profit after so many years, they're going to count your business as a hobby, hobby business or something like that. And you can actually be audited. So, no, it's not okay to just not be doing good. And if a business is shut down, you need to start over and do things. Please do. But that's not formal legal advice. All I'm saying is experience really being mindful of of showing up in business and running if you can. And it's, and it's helpful to run lean and to handle your business so that you can see things happening for you. And I've had to make some hard decisions, right? I've had to think about hiring and where I can cut back and things that I'm just not going to value right now. Or, I mean, to be honest, things that I haven't valued to be able to make sure that my business is healthy and it's the healthiest that it's been. And I'm grateful and I'm really looking forward to having another really awesome year. I know that nothing's guaranteed, but I'm looking forward to it because what I know now is you can do that. You, I'm just gonna say you can do that shit. That's how I feel. That's really how I feel. Number two, I landed my highest paid speaking gigs this year and really excited about that because again, there's this correlation for me or at least in my head as a correlation, not to be technical, but just the idea that the work that has been put in for years, the company that I've been working so hard to build with the people who've been building it with me, right? That is evidence of of things paying off and value is there. And I really appreciate everyone who has partnered with me this year, partnered with my company, you know, to be able to come in and to help your organizations, to help you, you know, as, as just people even in general to thrive in every aspect of your life. I am so incredibly grateful. But the highest paid speaking gigs this year was definitely really important to me because, again, it just it just showed that nothing that I've been doing has been in vain and to keep going. But again, I should also be okay with with doing what needs to be done for the business. Gonna say that, which then would take me to three. I was an inaugural keynote speaker for the First Generation Student Association at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Ah, yes, I was. And, you know, it just, it, things typically hit me after the fact, 
the students were so amazing, such a great opportunity, but to be a part of something so significant, you know, for Chapel Hill was just, just wow, because I grew up with Chapel Hill being a dream school for me. And it was a dream school because I love the basketball and be honest, not because I actually think I thought I was going to go, but it was one of those, oh, I love Chapel Hill, I'll go to Chapel Hill, you know, talking as a kid. And then I realized I want to go to an HBCU. Hey, nothing against Chapel Hill because Chapel Hill is still of the two, you know, major ones here go heels okay that's that's what go heels <laughs> so yeah and then the other part of that look number three was i was a guest speaker for africa's young entrepreneurs which is the largest entrepreneur association in the world so i have an opportunity to collaborate with them as a guest speaker talking about overcoming adversity as an entrepreneur and that was a thrill so those things together that i cheat Kind of, sort of. But, you know, we're going to put them together because they matter. <laughs> they were big, big moments. My number four highlight for this year was having launched the first gin shop. The first of its kind store for first generation scholars and graduates across the globe. You know this. And in the shop, you know, were the first greeting cards for first generation scholars, be it that they were going to college, in college, or just having graduated from college that was major. You know, the first empowerment journals being in the shop the first of many things just being encompassed 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 i'm making stuff up in the, in the shop now it's really being all in the in the shop you know many first things and for it to be the first of its kind was really exciting and again just solving a problem is something i didn't see and i think about the graduation just the everyday you know being first gen and how it should be celebrated and Here's the answer to to that celebration, right? The first gen shop. And if you ain't shot with me yet, what you doing? Why you why you ain't showing us no love? What, what what's going on? Boo, 2022. Let's get it. Let's get it. <laughs> All right, number five. And these are in no particular order, by the way. I didn't tell you that, but now you know. Having been elected to the board of directors for Flip National, one of the most incredible nonprofit organizations that I know doing the work, the hard work, laboring for first generation and low income students uh, across the nation. I'm just I'm in awe and I was in even more awe to have been invited to be on the board, but to be behind the scenes, seeing the commitment of the organization, to see all the things that are happening from the top down. Um, it's just just beautiful. And actually from the bottom up is how it was run, if you want to be for real. And the students are just amazing. My fellow board members are incredible. So just nothing but love there. And again, something that of the things done right, this was something that was that was done right. And I mean, I didn't really do it. I was elected. So I'm just so thank you. I love y'all. Um, but it, it but it was a good choice to say, yes, I would even be interested in pursuing this. So I'm, I'm very glad for that. Number six was releasing my third publication. Again, a first of its kind, the Empowerment Journal for First Generation College Graduates. And it's been really fun to see students who are in grad school, as well as those who are entrepreneurs, really take, you know, this particular journal and share with me how it's helped them to see how they've grown, to be asked questions that they hadn't really thought of, but just having to sit with it and getting just great response and saying, hey, I want to be intentional about my personal development and I'm going to dig into it in this way. And for it to be significant for them really, really has filled my cup. And the number seven, your girl secured not one, but two federally registered trademarks. <laughs> Yo, oh my goodness. Again, it's just, it just, when it hit, it hit. And it was kind of like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I really felt that way. And Dr. Eve, <laughs> Dr. Eve is one of those. My name is a federally registered trademark. 
Like, that's crazy. And I say crazy because it's just kind of like, oh my, it just mind-blowing to me and what was funny is somebody said now you know um so you gotta like oprah's name i was like oh that is so funny because i have many many thoughts about the oprahness in my life which are good thoughts but to even have had that comparison to think like wow my name is trademark really meant a lot it means a lot and i'm just excited about that to know that this is the brand it's the brand and you keep going darling you keep going so number eight, and I'm this is gonna be another one of those kind of combined things. Okay, it is combined. Making the inaugural list for 20 black women entrepreneurs to watch by black women hustle. Mm, baby. We talking about somebody who cried for a couple days. <laughs> I definitely did. Just wow to think about the work that I've been doing and to see that people are catching the wave, it, it just means a lot. So I'm really, really grateful for that, for that platform, for the community, the Black Women Hustle community. Just amazing, amazing women. But to be called into that number beyond words and the coupling to that is to have been featured in the Creating Your Seat at the Table International Magazine as a future millennial millionaire. No pressure, no pressure. But again, to see that with this platform that people have and are recognizing the work and the lights of Evangeline Worldwide is so significant and it's so moving. And so I'm just kind of like, oh my goodness gracious, this is just again, all in all, all in all. And to be in a magazine, <laughs> I'm in a magazine. And it's just like, just wow, just, just, just wow. And then my number nine highlight, one that's actually not quite entrepreneurship, because I tried to keep it entrepreneur if you didn't catch that. But the fact that I have now completed my seventh or eighth maybe ninth. <laughs> I lost count. Don't judge me. Judge yourself. But teaching. So I've been an adjunct professor of higher education. You didn't know? Now you know. Yes, I have been in this role for about two and a half years now. And I'm very excited about it because I don't know if you know, and I'm okay with sharing that for a long time, I was struggling with feeling adequate in professional spaces and working for someone else. Because again, I was also struggling with finding my fit and entrepreneurship is what helped me to light up because I was able to do and be the best parts of myself and I found the freedom I was looking for. But also in this adjunct faculty role, I'm realizing why it works is because I really love teaching. I love students. I love connecting. And if I would have listened to my damn strong skills assessment from years on, you know, when I took it in grad school, way before I even graduated, I likely would have done more to pursue a teaching and or faculty role because it's really fulfilling to be in this space. And I know that's why I continue with it. And I'm even further affirmed because I look at the student evaluations and shout out to my students, you know, former and current. I appreciate y'all. I really love y'all. Y'all so amazing. But it's just really, it's really great. So even if you're learning now, yes, in addition to running, you know, a business full time, having the store, having first generation university, having the first gen shop, having passed the mic, you know, speaking engagements and something that I'm missing. <laughs> 
like it's something. Oh, the, the first year lounge. I'm sitting right here with it. It's, you know, teaching as well. And I'm eight weeks on, eight weeks off. And it's great, but it's also intense. So again, that idea of being stretched, your girl be stretched. But again, as I continue to do more to improve, you know, in my business and outsourcing and, and letting things go, you know, I'm going to continue to enjoy the classroom. And that's just what it is. So yes, darling, the nine things that I definitely could have done better with, I could have improved the nine things that are highlights and high, high highlights. Like they, they have, baby, they have, baby. And now I'd like to share with you the top nine shows and nine shows as in the, the top nine most downloaded shows for 2021. It was so exciting to see this lineup. And if you check the full session notes, you will see the top 20. I'm doing a list of the full top 20 um, for this year. But let's get into that too. Number one, session 146 with Dr. Eve Hudson. Three reasons why failure is good. You will be challenged. This is why failure is good. It's because you will be challenged. But it is in the moments of being challenged that you get to know more about yourself. So my thing for you was to not take for granted the difficulty because whatever's happening in you being challenged because of that failure is happening for your good. Like you are being stretched and it's really important that you are stretched. It's important that you learn how to face hardships, right? And it's also important that you get to learn your limits both good and bad limits, right? But especially in difficult situations, bad situations, like, did you go too far? You know, is it something that maybe it was just a little bit much? Like, did you overshoot? Did you step outside of a box that was way outside of the box? And while we're encouraged to do these things, the failures, right, will help you to be able to gauge, you know, what the boundaries are for real. And I'd also say, that when you think about challenge from having felt at something, the challenge is something that helps you to build character as well. So one reason why failure is good is because you'll be challenged and being challenged helps you to grow. Number two, session 153 with Shamika Stevenson-Davison, Seven Ways to Pay for Graduate School. Believe it or not, there are several ways that you could pay for graduate school. My first advice that I would give anyone seeking to apply for graduate school or currently in graduate school is that you need a plan. Hmm. You need a plan. You need a plan. I know I repeated that. You need a plan. <laughs> Did you hear what yeah. she said? I'm going to say it too. You need a plan. You need a plan. You need a plan for what you want to do and why you're going to graduate school, even if it may change. At least you have an idea why you're going, so that'll push you through to getting to graduation. And the second plan you need is a financial plan of how you want to pay for it if you don't want to just strictly do student loans. Number three, session 155 with Josh Ferris, Overcoming Obstacles and Making a Difference. I remember vividly when I was in Boston specifically 
that I was, it was cold and raining and I didn't want to go to the airport yet. So I was just walking around Cambridge and specifically outside of Harvard. And it was a Friday night. And I remember standing there and watching, there was a bunch of these Harvard kids out on the town, whatever they do on Friday night going out. And there was this one building that had an arch or extended roof where it kind of provided shelter from the rain. And there were these mass of homeless people, I mean up to 20, 25 people, all sleeping in, in sleeping bags together right there with their food and all their belongings. And at, in this same space, there were these students who were literally stepping over these people as if they were not there. Hmm. And it's like you have two different lives in one space and neither acknowledges the other. And it's kind of how I felt metaphorically because where I come from, you know, I've had my family's been homeless, uh, living in motels and shelters various times in my point, including right at that time. That's why I couldn't really go home. There wasn't much of a space. But at this, then I went to school with these same types of people. And this was just kind of the area I was inhabiting more and more of, of these types of people in my career and academic spaces. And so I just felt like this weird in between. I just sat and watched them for a good bit, not knowing where my life was going, if I was going back into that situation or if I was heading into more of the privileged economically situation that I've signed with the students walking around. Number four, session 147 with Dr. Anthony Parker Gills, how virtual mentors can inspire success. And I believe part of the reason why I didn't have a lot of mentors when I was an undergrad, one reason I wasn't too much focused on it first gen, I really didn't know too much about college. I just knew that I had to go, I wanted to go, and I needed to get good grades. So I mainly just focused on getting good grades and I really wasn't too much involved in undergrad, didn't really seek any internships or mentorship. And I, and I thought that the jobs were just going to start come calling once we came mm. um, my senior year. But uh, that didn't happen. But I had a few good people in my corner that really guided me and told me that um, I should really consider going to graduate school. And basically, I took everything that I learned from undergrad as far as what it is that I did not do. And I, and I said that mm. graduate school is going to be basically my second chance Mm -hmm. to really take advantage of all the opportunities. And I started to do that once I got into graduate school. Number five, session 152 with Dominic Brown and Shanice Montgomery, Why Healthy Marriages Matter. I picked up a camera as a side hobby. So I was like, you know, this, this will never be a full-time thing. This is just like an outlet, right? So... I was like, you know, taking pictures of seniors, doing families and all of those different things. And I think mind, like where your mind is, is something so important to focus on. Like where else is my happiness, like my true happiness and don't ignore those things. So like when I was going to work, I was miserable there. Like I was so miserable. Like I'm so ready to go so I can get my pictures. I can have my sessions I got to go do. I got to go edit some. Like I was so ready to leave where I, my environment to be able to get back to that side thing that I wanted to do. So during that time as well, like juggling like school, work, my little side thing, I was also in, that's actually how me and Shanice met through a network marketing business. 
And again, like tying back to what I said before, I think mindset is everything. Like Mm -hmm. in this, like, even though I don't do it anymore, in that time, I was able to, it broke so many barriers in my mind for me because I thought initially, like, I can't be successful without my master's or my doctorate's degree. Like, I just, that was said in my mind. Like, I can't, Mm -hmm. like, there's no way I have to work for somebody else. I have to be in the medical field. I have to do these things in order to make a decent living. Number six, session 162 with Keisha Bickham. What to pay attention to when building relationships. I think when you working with people and you give away your information freely, it makes folks more comfortable and you find that mutual connection there. Also, just having a strategy of who you need to know and who needs to know you. That's a big piece in in navigating the career aspect as well as entrepreneurship and check in when you don't want something. So Mother's Day, birthdays, when there's um, a big event happening in an area, I'll send a quick text message and, and you'll be surprised that people will appreciate it and say, wow, I didn't think you would think of me or remember um, that I had a a birthday. And so just check in. So when there is something that you do want, that's not the only time folks are hearing from you. The other piece that's real important is just respect the confidentiality. By nature, I'm a real transparent person. And so when I talk to people, my expectation is that I'm not going to hear about it from somebody else. So having those relationships where people can expect you to keep it confidential and to let their life experiences that they share with you be just between the two of you, you get so much more out of the relationship when you're able to do that. Number seven, session 176 with Nikki Bond. Why first gens don't have to quit their jobs to start a business. Staying focused and not losing sight of what I'm called to do and what I desire for my business to do and who I desire it to reach. Staying focused on that is is what is helping me to to reach this place of of success. You know, everybody defines success very differently. Success for me is not defined by a dollar. Hmm. It will never be defined by a dollar because if I can impact and if I can reach and change one person's life, that is success for me. It has nothing to do with likes. It has nothing to do with follows. It has nothing to do with shares. Mm. For me, I contribute my success to be able to say I did something that I didn't even think I could do. That's success for me. Something Mm. where I went outside of my own fears, my own insecurities, my own inadequacies. And to see me producing. And again, I'm not making six figures because, but the thing is, is that the impact that I'm making is priceless. Number eight, session 148 with Dr. T. Belcher, how we can all benefit from an inclusive society. There's a need for everybody to, as you mentioned, being empathetic, uh, really getting in touch with like, just consider consider that somebody else is hurting. Like I'm hurting, you're hurting, and if there's a global pandemic happening, nothing is as it was. People are grieving, people are in the sense of the mental health. You think about addiction, or even looking specifically at one of my research areas with LGBTQ communities, the suicide rate and homelessness and substance misuse was already high. Hmm. 
now we have people who are even more isolated or we have people who, because even though the times have changed, more families are open to queerness, people are still getting kicked out of their homes. Mm. So shelters are full or closed and food banks aren't open. School, which was an outlet for many children in the United States, they couldn't go to school. They were stuck. So you want to consider that when you're looking out at the things that are happening in the communities, like these are often trauma responses. And I think even that this wasn't really supposed to be super mental healthy, but, you know, it's my area. But we put too much on like these words like trauma and toxic and they themselves have been socially used to a point where it's like, oh, my gosh, you're saying I'm traumatized. It's like, wait. Yes, (laughs) you've experienced a trauma. Your behavior is not healthy, but that doesn't mean that you aren't healthy. You can get on track to whatever you want, but acknowledging like there are people hurting throughout the world. And number nine, session 157 with Richard Reyes. Why you need to tell your story. You know, I think self-reflection and really being able to find or even rediscover your story in an authentic way is something that is so important. Mm. You know, our stories not only help us get into college with the personal statement or help us find a job, you know, with job interviews, but our stories define who we are, you know, and and as we're building our community, as we're surrounding ourselves with people that, you know, uplift us, as we're just really advancing, hopefully our passions, the more that we know who we are, the happier I personally feel that we become. And a lot of times in life, we're on autopilot. We're trying to reach the next big goal, which is wonderful. But I personally feel not enough of us pause and stop and reflect on where we've been, where we are and where we're trying to go um, through our story. And that's something that I am dedicated to through the work at the Plus Me Project. But it's something that I personally do all the time now uh, through journaling, through really just being able to share different moments of my life with other people. It not only makes me proud because I'm able to truly understand what I've overcome, but it also allows me to really be in tune and in touch with what makes me me, you know, and it allows me to live my life being authentic, really being able to showcase vulnerability because, you know, it's hard to really dig deep into our personal stories and talk about things that maybe a lot of people don't talk about. But the more often you do it, the more comfortable you get. All right. And those are your top nine most listened to shows for 2021. I hope that you enjoyed it. And I hope you enjoyed this unique perspective of 27 moments of reflection. Nine things that could have done better. Nine things that were just epic and the nine top shows for this year. And if you like this, I would love to hear back from you. So slide in my DMs on LinkedIn or Instagram. Shoot me an email and let me know, did you like this? Do you want us to keep up the 999? (laughs) Everything now, you know, now is my favorite number. But yeah, but on that note, I want you to know how much I adore you, how much I appreciate you, how much I love you, how much I just, I am just filled by your mere presence in this journey on this path just just all the things i just really can't thank you enough and i want to wish you well in all that lies ahead know that i'm always cheering for you i believe in you i see you i am you and there's nothing that you can't do if you just put yourself in a place to truly believe 
that what you want, you deserve, you can have, and you will get. I'm going to say it like that. But all right, on that note, you already know, keep pressing forward. Peace.